Hi there. Welcome to the Jasmine Star Show. Anyone that's a friend of Jasmine is a friend of mine. My name is JD and I'm Jasmine's husband and business partner. I'm not usually the person in front of the mic or camera and I prefer being behind the scenes supporting my wife in her business and taking care of our daughter Luna. Today, I just had to pop in and tell you about this educational flash fire Q&A Jasmine hosted on Facebook Live recently. In this edition of Ask Me Anything, Jasmine answers questions on how to juggle two businesses, who you should follow back on social media, and how to stay focused when you have a million things on your plate. She also talks about her best tips to leading a team and more. I'm almost always listening in the background while Jasmine hosts her weekly Q&As, and I have to say, this one is fire. I know you're going to love it. Ready? Let's listen in. We're going to start with this question from Dark's Hair Arts. How do you balance two businesses? And I feel like I could speak to this so clearly because for a while I was balancing two very big businesses. Well, I should say very big. That made it sound like I was like self-important and it wasn't, but there were two very big businesses for me. Big in that they took a lot of time. They meant a lot to me. So um, in 2015, 2016, I was running a full wedding photography business. My husband and I shot together. We traveled the world. I was also, as a byproduct of that, teaching other photographers how to shoot and how to build their business. And then what I started to do was I started to create another business, a digital business on how to empower business owners to grow a business on social media. And I have to tell you that it became very, very overwhelming quickly because I didn't get extra hours in my day. So what I quickly realized that if we all have the same 24 hours, it's going to be so important for us to set priorities, right? Like if I understood that a lot was coming at me, I had to say, what is the most important for this business on this day? So the minute that I set those priorities, I was able to quickly see that like, okay, this is what needs to get done, which then, this is what I also encourage you to do, is to set clear time limits. So once you've set your priorities, what needs to get done, and then you set time limits for what that is, it's like, I have to write this blog post in 30 minutes. I have to post on social media. Very clear priorities, very clear timelines. And what I'm gonna say here as well is the minute I realized everything I had to do in both of the businesses, and the minute that I had the timelines, I quickly realized I'm going to have to get help. Because one person running two businesses successfully It's possible to do it on your own. I don't think it's suggestible. This was about this time that I hired my first team member, but I had been working by myself for over 12 years entirely on my own. My husband was my business partner, but I did all of the photography, education, content creation on my own. And then I started having two businesses and I was like, you know what I need? I need somebody else working with me. The minute that I set my priorities and then the minute that I set clear time limits, I was then able to then set clear goals, clear goals, not just for myself, but anybody who was working on that particular project. So it is not sexy, it ain't fun, but when you have clear timelines, when you have your priorities and we have your goals, that's the only way you're gonna be able to run your business. Okay, Hannah Labradorf asked, how do you maintain energy? 
I understand that I have a strong sense of self-awareness. I know that I can't be all things to all people. Today, I had a pretty significant doctor's appointment in the morning. I have a Facebook Live. I'm gonna be going live on Clubhouse later today. I'm also gonna be recording some Instagram Reels or TikToks today, so a lot of energy going out. So what I try to do is I try to create pockets of my day where it's like 20 minutes of like nothing like 20 minutes to just work in silence. When I say nothing, I'm actually working, but I'm not working with or for anybody else. And so I make sure that I have at least three pockets of 20 minutes a day where I can work by myself in silence because that's how I'm able to sustain my energy, especially because I am like a code red introvert. Okay, another one of our pre-asked questions was uh, around the idea of following followers back. Izzy asked, when you get a new follow on Instagram, similar to my business, should I follow each one? I love supporting newcomers, but then I don't want to have overload on a bunch of newbies and not have accounts that I like, if that makes sense. Okay, Izzy, I think you're asking the best question. So. I've always maintained that I was never the first person to jump on social media. I was never the person to jump into social media. I was always watching. And so back like in 2010, I started using Facebook and I just did what I thought I should do. Anybody who sent me a friend request, I automatically like said, sure, we could be friends. And at the time I was touring around the United States teaching classes to like 500 or a thousand people on photography and photography businesses. And so people who would go to those events would send me a friend request. And I was like, sure, you were there. Great. Awesome. And then all of a sudden I realized that Facebook had a friend limit of up to 5,000 people. And I could tell you that of the 5,000 people I was friends with on Facebook, I knew like less than 50. And I realized that I would go to Facebook and all I would see was like a bunch of strangers. And I was like, this isn't serving me. So I think that I learned a valuable lesson. And I learned that it's going to be so important for me not just to say, you, 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 you. Yes, let's all follow each other. While that's effective, if that works for you, go right ahead. But for me, the first thing that I needed to realize was to know my people. So if I did get a request or if somebody follows me and I think that they're intriguing and then I decide, you know what, this is the person who I maybe kind of sort of want to go deeper with. So if you are a business owner like Izzy and you're like, do I follow? Should I follow? What are the parameters? I'm going to share something with you that the team and I put together on a few questions to ask yourself who you should be following back if you want to follow back anybody at all. There are no rules. But if you're kind of like, is this a good fit for my business? Why don't you ask yourself these questions? Number one, is this person my ideal client? Number two, could I possibly collaborate with this person? Number three, will I learn something from this person? And or number four, will their account inspire or encourage me? Now, I'm not saying that these are like the only questions or these positively, these are the questions to ask, but I do think that they help me framework who should I be following without the guilt of I should follow everybody who follows me. That's not the case and trust me, I'm learning that lesson. You can't be all things to all people. I just would not necessarily focus on trying to follow everybody. Lisa Ko asked, how do you keep from getting distracted? You know, this goes back to a very clear point that I will continue to say again and again is that I set very clear time limits. Like it is like no joke for me that I have a timeline every single day. Like this morning I woke up at 4.30 and I knew what I was doing from 4.30 to 5, from 5 to 6, from 6 to 7, from 7 to 9. It's like I knew every single minute of where my day was. I even calculated time for how much time it was going to make me to make coffee, how much time I was going to spend with the baby feeding her breakfast. Like everything is down to a minute. So Lisa and anybody else, again, this is not sexy and it's not fun and it's not like the glamorous like 
flying on a G6 kind of like Instagram lifestyle. Like I got my Maserati. Like that's not the business content that I share. It's like business is a grind. Business um, is a lot of work. That's why you really got to love what you do because if you don't love what you do, you're going to have a much higher proclivity to get dis- to get distracted and get discouraged. I just freaking love what I do. I freaking love helping business owners grow their business. It like lights me on fire. And any time that I spend away from doing the thing that I've been called to do, I'm doing a disservice, not just to myself, not just to my family, but for the people who in this world I am intended to serve. All right, let's dive into a hot topic called hashtags. Courtney asked, I sell one kind of product to a niche audience. How do I change up my hashtags on Instagram to get new eyes on my products? So when it comes to hashtags, I want to be very clear. And oftentimes, this is the thing that like causes a lot of confusion with hashtags. Hashtags on YouTube, hashtags on Twitter, hashtags on Instagram. Hashtags are a searchability function, right? So if we know that people are searching hashtags, we have to be very clear that hashtags don't mean that you're going to get engagement. Hashtags just mean that you have a higher chance of getting your post discovered. Is it a guarantee that your post will get discovered? No, you're just adding the possibility for it to get discovered. Beyond all else is that your hashtags are going to be more effective if your current followers are engaging with that post. I should say that again. Your hashtags will be more effective if your current followers are engaging with that post. Why? Because if your current followers are engaging with your post, they are, their actions, their likes, their comments, their shares, they're sending to a friend, that engagement is indicating to the algorithm like, hey, this is a great piece of content. So if somebody is searching through their hashtags and your current audience has already been engaging, there's a higher likelihood of somebody seeing that content because it's already been indicated to the algorithm that it is important. So I think it's also important that you understand your ideal client's behaviors to get a better idea of what they're searching for. So you are putting out content that your current followers are liking, commenting, engaging, which would then increase the likelihood of your dream customer seeing that content. But in order for you to ensure that that person's going to see the content, you have to put yourself in their shoes. What are they searching for? How are they spending time on Instagram? Where are they spending that time on Instagram? The thing that you wanna make sure is that hashtags, in my mind, now I know you can hear this a thousand different ways, but it's to be really strategic with the variety of hashtags. Like if I wanted to hashtag this dress, I'm not just gonna put hashtag black dress. There are millions and millions and millions of hashtags. I'm gonna be focusing to the best of my ability, I'm gonna be selecting hashtags that have less than 500,000 posts. Why 500,000? Well, I don't wanna go to a post that has 5 million or 50 million posts because it's gonna be so hard for my post to get discovered. Just because it's a bigger hashtag does not mean that there's a higher likelihood of more people seeing it. So I like to suggest breaking down hashtags in five distinct sections. Searchable terms, geographic hashtags, location-based hashtags, industry hashtags, and photo-related hashtags. So right now you're looking at this photo. You could have searchable terms. It could be hashtag work from wherever, hashtag Zoom lifestyle, right? These are searchable terms. Now, using this photo as an example, geographic hashtags, this could be where you are based, Newport Beach, California hashtag, Newport lifestyle hashtag, 
Newport Beach entrepreneur, hashtag, these are geographic. The third type, and remember, I'm using this photo as an example to get you in my mind of the hashtags that I would be looking for to attract my dream customer. Location-based hashtags. This could be the library, the coffee shop, the fashion island, the outdoor beach of where I am working. Industry hashtags. I could be like uh, entrepreneur life, hustle and grind each day, photo-related hashtags. What is actually in this photo? Notebook, pen, ideation. I want to make sure there's a diversity of hashtags that I think my dream customer is going to be searching for. Okay, so Sue Patterson. Do you have a formula for how much you do for free platforms versus how much you do for your paid people? Live streams, videos, things of that nature. So Sue, again, I just, I'm just gonna explain to you my terms of what I put out and share. I have believed that the best way to get people to your business, to buy what it is you sell, and I have been on multiple sides. I have been on product, I have had a product-based business. I've had a service-based business. I have had a low ticket item business, a high ticket luxury item business. I have believed in every single one of those businesses, the best way I got customers was by creating content. It was by sharing everything I know. So as the CEO and founder of Social Curator, I teach people how to build a brand in market and social media. I teach business owners how to use social media to build their business. So people are like, but Jasmine, you go live every week on Instagram. You go live three or four times a week on Clubhouse. You go live on Facebook. You're creating videos and creating posts and photos like every single day. You're on stories every single day. You're on YouTube and Pinterest and Twitter. And I say, yes. I still continue to share everything I know, but what I do on the inside of Social Curator that's a point of differentiation is that it's one thing for me to talk about the strategy. Like right now, we were just asked about hashtags, right? One of the questions that Courtney had asked was around hashtags. Great, she wants to know about hashtags. I just shared the five types of hashtags that we use, but on the inside of Social Curator, we have a workbook on how you can find 101 hashtags for your business. We call it the hashtag generator so that you're never running out of hashtags. So what do we do? I teach what I know, but on the inside of Social Curator, we have the resources that help you get where you wanna go. Like for instance, it's one thing for me to say, oh hey, I think you should show up on Facebook stories or Instagram stories. I think you should show up on LinkedIn stories. And you're like, okay, I am. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I feel a little stuck. Well, on the inside of Social Curator, we have templates that you could use for your stories. Why? I teach everything I know, I share everything I know, but behind the paid wall are the resources to deploy against it. I also do group coaching where people can come on camera and I do pop-ins on the inside of the group at least, at least once or twice a week. I'm going into the Facebook group and I am just sharing where I am with my business, what I'm learning, what are the trends that I'm seeing. I call them a loving kick in the pants. It's like a love bomb. I go in and like, what are we doing in our business? Chop, chop, cheerio, let's go. That is what happens on the inside. What happens on the outside is I'll share everything I know. And here's the thing, Sue, there are people who will not pay for social curator because they're already getting what they need on the outside. Some people say, Jasmine, that's crazy. You should only be giving content for people who pay for it. And I'm like, you know, I believe that before anybody will buy or invest in the thing you're selling, they actually have to see and experience it first. Will everybody respond the same way? No, but will some? Yes, and those are the people I serve in a very deep way. Erica asked, how do you make reels consistent to your brand? I'm a high-end wedding photographer and I wanna make sure the content is consistent. Well, Erica, I'm gonna ask a clarifying question. When you say, how do you make them consistent? Are you asking like, how do I make all of my reels look like the same? Or are you saying like, how do I make my reels look high-end and luxury? And 
I would challenge that thinking. I would invite you to, even though, because I was in the luxury market as well, I would challenge you to kind of embrace what Reels and TikTok is doing to social media. Like they're really, really personalizing what that experience is. Like on TikTok, wedding videographers, like they're, they're, it's very common for a wedding videographer to have a TikTok go viral based on a very interesting vow or based on a very interesting best man or maid of honor. Just last night, just last night on TikTok, I saw these two maid of honors. You know that song by Fergie, Fergalicious? Well, their bridesmaid's toast was like a remake of Fergalicious. Like they made it about the sister and the husband and that had like 2 million views. And would you know if that videographer was like high end or luxury? You wouldn't, it was just a good piece of content. And so when it comes to creating reels, like you could be able to create a reel of your, like you on a wedding day and like showing like behind the scenes and it's like how to prepare for a wedding day. And even though, listen, I know how it is. I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt. I know that there are peaks and valleys on a wedding day where you go into like the bridal suite and you gotta go, you're cleaning up everything, you're setting everything up, you're taking the photo. And then every so often there's this tiny little lull, like two or three minutes, you can look around. If I were you, I would bring out a phone and it's just like how to style the dress, where to put the shoes, ask for the details and then that's a real and it's not beautiful and glamorous to be luxury but when you juxtapose that with your photos you're taking as a result like nothing sells your talent more than shooting in a not so pretty bridal suite and then having a photo that's like drop dead gorgeous people are like whoa she took that photo in this spot Imagine what she can do in my own. So I would just challenge your thinking on making reels look luxury. The idea is to convey your business in the best light. And oftentimes you just showcasing your talent, teaching people along the way, it will do just that. So Crystal Guyette asked, I recently launched my travel agent business as well as my credit repair business. I love them both for different reasons. However, I find myself spending a lot of time getting ready to get ready and at the end of the day, I feel unaccomplished. How do I stop overthinking everything and just start taking massive action? Well, Crystal, I'm gonna say something that's gonna annoy you. Just take action. You're asking me, Jasmine, how do I take action? The only way you take action is by taking action. Maybe a, a tip would be that you limit how long you plan for the day. So every morning, I will make a timeline of what I need to do in my business and the tasks that I need to do. And like, is there a point in the day where I look down and I'm like, oh, I thought this task was gonna take me 20 minutes and it only took me 10. Now I'm like, oh, I can readjust my timeline a little bit. Or sometimes I have a task that I thought was gonna take me 20 minutes and it ended up taking me 30. Okay, I have to adjust my timeline. Like there's no such thing as perfection. The idea is like, get like a 30,000 foot view of your day and then go in and commit and just start the day. And you will realize that momentum leads to more momentum. I want you to wake up every single morning and feel like you are on top of a hill and you are gonna be a ball of energy. Now, you could think about how fast you want your ball to go down the hill, but until you actually get the ball moving, it's gonna lead to more speed. So don't get caught up at the top of the hill. Just get moving and you're gonna see that things start falling into place. More questions. Zach, when can we join Social Curator? <laughs> my Instagram game is weak and I want more Jasmine. Also, my big question, what's your number one focus each day as a CEO to stay high level with your team? So number one, Zach, make sure you're on the wait list socialcurator.com forward slash waitlist. I can't tell you when, but it's like very soon. We are dropping some massive news on February 25th. No, we're not opening on the February 20th, but I am telling you like social cure, what social curator is going to become in 2021. I don't think that people even have the capacity to understand what we're going to do with it. Like it makes me nervous and it makes me 
I was going to say scared. And I didn't want to say scared because I was like, oh, that's not on brand. And then I thought to myself, no, it scares me. Like if what you're doing in your business doesn't scare you a little tiny bit, maybe you're not dreaming big enough. So this is me coming out on the record and say like, I'm freaking scared. I'm freaking scared because I am trying to build a tech company and I am not a tech founder. I am trying to build out a development team and I don't know how to program. When Zach asks like how, what is like my number one goal as a CEO? And that is to make sure that my team is empowered and that they're actually accountable. A conversation that I had with somebody on the team today is this idea that one of our core values, the thing that is so, our number one core value is reliability. We need to rely on you. We need to, we need to know that when you have a timeline for a task that's due, you do it when it's due. We need you to walk in integrity. If you're gonna say, I'm gonna get it to you by 2 p.m., we need it by 2 p.m. We are a small virtual team. We all depend on each other. So my main focus as CEO is to understand is everybody trending towards accountability? And this is the standard we hold ourselves to. So my number one goal as a CEO is to make sure that the team feels empowered, that the team feels seen, and that we're upholding and staying true to our core values. Zach, love your guts, man. Emma, how can I start marketing on YouTube? What would be your advice from moving to Instagram or from Instagram to YouTube or doing both at the same time. Emma, I do both at the same time. So when I am creating a video, I am making sure that the videographer or I did all of my own videos for over a decade. I would set up my camera and it's horizontal. It's like how you're viewing it right now. And I stand a little bit further back so that in editing, I can have this horizontal view, but then I can also crop it at a nine by 16 for IGTV. So I am creating videos that go out on Instagram. Now I like to stagger my content. It's very, so yesterday I posted a video to Instagram, IGTV. And you are gonna see that same video on YouTube in about a week or a week to a week and a half, but it will be the horizontal version. Why? YouTube is amazing for searchability. I can upload that video today and get 500 to 1,000 views. And people are like, Jasmine, that's so little you can post the same video on Instagram and you're getting like 20 or 30,000 views. And I'm like, I get it. But what happens is on Instagram, the videos are just there immediately. There's no searchability factor for them. Like if somebody wanted to go back a year from now and search for that one video, like how would they go in and find it? On YouTube, somebody can type in anything and have a litany of videos to search from. So in my mind, there's two different video strategies. One for immediate views, that's like Facebook and Instagram, and then one for long tail. Like what's the bigger vision? Like YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world. So putting it on YouTube is a different strategy, but it would, if you could do both, I would heavily recommend doing both. Amy asked, I love it, but how can you post frequently on reels if you are only doing behind the scenes? I'm a wedding photographer as well, and I would love to start making reels, but with most weddings postponed, can you reuse old imagery or what you, would you suggest? I would suggest all of it, Amy. Use old footage, use old photos. Don't make it complicated. You could literally have a song that says like five tips to ensure you have perfect sunset photos. And you have a song, you don't even have to talk. And then you add the text, five tips for perfect sunset photos. And it's just like, stick to your timeline. Make sure the family is organized. Have an extra pair of shoes. Have plan B. If your plan A doesn't work, you're gonna go to plan B. Like, it's your advice without you even having to be there on a wedding day. It could be like five tips to ensure that your like, best man doesn't say something inappropriate. Review his notes have your future husband talk to him whatever your topic is you do not have to be at a venue whatsoever you could even do a reel it's just like top 
five best wedding shoes of the year and it's just your photos and like you have like Manolo Blahniks and you have like Jimmy Choo's and it's just photo, 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 photo. You can create that on a video editing app. Like, okay, if I were you, I would get my five favorite shoe photos from 2019 because I'm not even sure how many weddings that you shot in 2020. 2019 and just, you you don't even have to say what year. You can just say my top five wedding shoes. Like if I could do my wedding over again, these would be my shoes. Something could catch you like that and then I would go to a video editing app. Like the one that I use is called Video Shop. It's like $4.99. Like, I don't get an affiliate. It's not a plug. Even though I really wish that I would get paid because I talk about this app all the time. It's just so easy to use. I would upload the five photos and I would record myself on a video and go like this top five wedding shoes and then I would just import the five photos of the shoes and be like Manila Blahnik, Jimmy Choo, Louboutin, right? And then you upload that to a reel and then you could tag Louboutin and Jimmy Choo and people just want to share if their friends getting married they're like oh it's passable, it's shareable and then what are they doing? They're sharing a commercial for your photos by way of shoes. Hot dang, come on! John Brennan, can you have a successful business without having certain platforms. I'm an aspiring entrepreneur, but I don't have a Twitter or Snapchat. John, of course, of course. Like, I wanna be very clear. Anybody can have a successful business without social media. You can, we see it happening all the time. Do I recommend it? No, because social media is free marketing. Social media is discoverability. So, when I say social media, you don't have to be on all platforms at all. My advice is always to choose a platform that you believe your uh, dream customer is on. If you are an aspiring entrepreneur, John, and your dream customer is a car enthusiast, well, you know, a car enthusiast, maybe they're not on Pinterest. Don't stress out about Pinterest. I always say when you're just starting a business, you have a lot of things to do, pick at least one social platform. And it's not the social platform that you like to be on the most. I suggest picking a social platform that you think your dream customer is on the most. And then I want you to just learn the art of consistency. I don't care if you're on eight social platforms, but you're only posting on each one once a month. It's not effective. I would prefer you choosing one, developing your cadence, developing your consistency, finding your dream customer, and then take what you're learning on this platform and then apply it to the next platform. So no, hear me clearly, do not get stressed or overwhelmed. I always suggest to do as much as you can, however you can. Anna asked, what was the video editing app? I forgot immediately. It's called Video Shop. Kind of like Photoshop, but video shop. Y'all, like, it's just $4.99. It will rock your world. You just upload video clips, and it's just so easy to edit, and I'm not very techy. And I, you know, sometimes I work with a videographer. Like I said, I made my own videos for over 10 years. About two or three years ago, I decided to, like, invest in getting regular video work done because it's something that I want to do in my business. But, like, I'm still creating videos on my phone. Just recently, if you go to my IGTV, it was actually even posted on Facebook. It's just, like, how to set yearly goals. I did that entirely on my iPhone and it's outperformed some of the other videos that I recorded with my videographer. So to me, like it's the ideas, the value of the content you're sharing, the level of consistency and making content that your dream customer really resonates with. See, I told you that Jasmine was on fire for this Ask Me Anything session. Friend, thank you so much for listening to the Jasmine Star Show today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast from wherever you're listening today so you never miss another episode. I can tell you firsthand that Jasmine works so hard at creating her best business content for you. And every subscription, every review, every five-star rating means so much to us and Baby Luna. 
I hope you have a great day and we'll see you soon.